Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed, a podcast that explores ways to transform your business and marketing strategy, whether you are a rising star, entrepreneur, or experienced professional. A show packed with stories to inspire success and build a growth mindset for you and your company. Featuring global brand CMOs, transformation experts, and business founders, your co-hosts, Chris Lawson in London, UK, and Samuel Money across the pond in Philadelphia, USA. Welcome to episode 15 of Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed. My name's Samuel Money, a Brit living in Philadelphia in the USA, and I'm joined from the UK by Chris Lawson. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? Doing awesome, sir. Really excited about this week's show. Relink, but yet excited after last week's show. Yeah, and, um, I, I, I like that one. I think it went down well as well which is great. Yeah, Thank you, everyone. Yeah, how could we make metrics even more exciting? <laughs> yeah, it didn't feel possible at the time, I can tell you. Right. Well, in this week's show, I'm going to start off slightly differently, Chris. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes and imagine a future where brands and companies operate with a true social purpose. Okay. Think of it in terms of what a brand is doing for the community, for culture, for society, as well as the consumer, but most importantly, for community and for society, right? Hmm. Now, that may sound a bit over the top, but this pursuit of raising the bar and improving people's lives, as well as selling a product, is super fundamental for brands. And as leaders of brands, we've got to shoot for that mission as marketers and leaders go into 2020. Think of a reality where everyone, organizations, people, businesses thrive and grow, attracting people to work for them who are inspired. We reward the personal and professional and financial missions of the organization, a reality where social impact is tangibly experienced beyond the slogans, beyond the manifestos, where we're addressing injustices, we're championing equitable causes, we're solving environmental issues, we're delivering economic gains. These are all vitally important for employees, for stakeholders and customers alike. So it's less about just doing purpose. It's about purpose with ambition, with motivation and with activation. It sounds a noble, noble um, cause, definitely. Well, if you're not interested in doing that, then good luck because <laughs> consumers now and customers are looking for more than just features and price. They're looking for the stories and a more interesting, more compelling reason to buy and be involved than just being on a shelf or being there. It's not enough to capture people's imaginations anymore. So for me, this is something that we have to live into and have to live up to. Yeah, I just hope it's not another gimmick, Sam. It's that point about capturing the imagination and and that's part of the, the role of marketers. But is mm-hmm. that just another way to, to capture cut through or do these terms really mean it? I think that's the, the crux of my question. So do they really mean it? Is it really valuable? Well, let's look into it. We can see that it may not sound so far-fetched because there's some data actually Um, as to actually why this worldview, this philosophy, these principles should happen and could happen. Brands that are purpose-filled are growing faster. And there's a lot of data to support that. Goldman Sachs released some results, some survey results that companies that are leading environmental, social and good governance policies have a 25% higher stock value than brands who don't do that. We've seen Unilever as a corporation outperform its peers over the past few years. They have brands like Ben & Jerry, areas that are thriving in the modern environment. We've seen companies like Quaker claim that they're going to fix, sell or kill products that don't fit their purpose. And another example, Danone, which is a dairy 
yogurt um, brands and products, in the last few years, they've actually become a B corporation. Okay. And what a B corporations are, uh, they are corporations and businesses that meet the highest standards of verifiable, verified social and environmental performance. They're about public transparency and legal accountability, but it's about balancing profit and balancing purpose. They have to do both. And they've got a mission. I think they've achieved already 30% of their businesses meet that standard, but they've got a mission to raise that bar and do more. There's a, another reason what's driving this. The word woke, which has come from the black community, the expression that means stay woke, coming from an awareness of social and racial injustices, meaning to stay aware of these issues. So that's what woke means. Mm. It's become a mainstream word. And Expect to see it more and more yeah, and more. Not in so fact, much Scott over here, I don't think. Quite, well, not yeah. so much. I, but I, I feel the sentiment is mm. traveling, maybe not that expression mm. or that word. And the the idea that woke is as a business strategy, the guy called Scott Galloway, a few a few months ago, he came up with that claim for for this, this year and the next couple of years. And he's a digital thought leader. He's an entrepreneur. He started up a lot of businesses, especially in the digital space. But there's a lot of data, demographic data and cultural shifts driving this philosophy and the demographic and cultural shifts are in the US and manifesting in other countries. So a lot of the wealth creation is coming from urban dwellers with college degrees, i.e. a bit more progressive in their approaches, more multicultural in the households. 70% of in, in the US, they're seeing 70% of high school valedictorians are females so more females, empowered females and affluent females making decisions. Same sex male couples make an average $60,000 more a year than straight couples. And college graduates make a million dollars more than than non-college grads over a lifetime. So all of those drivers are actually driving the economic, the cultural and the social shifts that are making this more important. And the people are going beyond the superficial benefits. If you think about it, so many brands and companies have a founder story, which is the motivation, was the motivation for creating the company and putting these products into the world and, and doing good for the world. If you think about all the organic, good for you, better products, a lot of them were created due to food allergies or food intolerances or making nutrition better. That was actually the motivation for bringing these products into the world. One of the brands I'm familiar with is Pepperidge Farm. Yeah. Uh, that's a U US okay, bakery Sam. brand. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Sam. I'll, sorry, sorry, Chris. Yeah, I'm, I'm rattling on, but I, I hear Can you. you hear I hear me? you asking me questions. I've got my hand up across the Chris. pond, just waiting, waiting for you to pause <laughs> breath. Yeah. Sorry, I was, I was on but, my soapbox there. But how many of these brands now say they are good for you and actually aren't? You know, that, that's the challenge, isn't it? I, I totally take your point about how a lot of them started out from good places, such as food intolerance or food allergy. Mm -hmm. But you know, let's face it, you can you can find a. Um, a uh, sort of a, a breakfast bar which said that is good for you and, and it quite clearly isn't when you look at the ingredients. So mm -hmm. so again, we we faced the same issue that we talked about last week, Sam, that how, what can you trust? They all become wallpaper as everyone starts to say, we're all good for you. We're all here for a good purpose. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to sound like the cynical one that's, that's, this week. But. Well, I, I like this. This is this is a bit of, you know, the cross the pond beef, <laughs> shall, we, shall we call it, or a healthy discussion. So uh, some of the brands that I've worked on and there has been this truth behind the fact mm. that they are good for you and better for you. And one of the brands I've worked on, I was just telling the story there, was a brand called Pepperidge Farm, which is a bakery, well-known bakery brand in the US. And perhaps less well-known is that the founder, a lady called Margaret Rudking, created the bread based on her son's food intolerances to most commercially prepared food. So in the 1930s, she created a natural 
all natural ground stone ground bread with the nutrients intact just to address her son's food intolerances and that was back in the 1930s so that was to, to pardon the pun baked into the brand proposition mm. right from the outset and there's a there's another brand in again in the u.s it's a new nutrition bar brand called go macro and they claim to have the cleanest ingredients but another thing they do they make their packaging more useful going beyond just being able to recycle it it's actually a display case that is compostable so mm, it's like an that. effortless yeah. way that you can plant your products but it just rather than just being a re- recycle the packaging they've gone beyond it and thought about how can you actually this how does this brand help the environment and how do they put that into practice? In what yeah, you no, it's good. Buy? It's good. I, I just like to see those rhetorics backed up with action, Sam. They're great examples. You know, I buy emotionally uh, and I, I do have issues and causes I can care passionately about, but I do buy products that have a backstory, something that I can empathize with. Honesty and transparency is what drives me. And therefore, I want people and brands to be themselves and to represent that too. So, Likewise, yeah, the flip side of that is that if you're an entertainment brand and you are there for pure entertainment, be proud of that. Don't try and be something you're not. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think there, there's also a danger that everyone feels that they, they must have a moral purpose rather than actually the moral purpose can be about providing great entertainment, I think. So I'd rather people didn't bother trying to define their purpose than do it as a tick box exercise and say, right, we've done that now. We can move on to the next thing. Yeah, but, but I agree with you know, that. here's here's the thing. This is that. this is one of the challenges. I think uh, a vast amount of private environmental research is being conducted by fossil fuel companies. So how how do you see that? Mm. Is that taking advantage? Is that for PR reasons? Is it to protect for future? Is it to protect for company's future? Um, or is it because they care about the environment? And and to be honest, it's likely to be a combination of all of these because let's face it, all all companies are are um, it, it's humans at the heart of it. But trying to trying to right. boil stuff down to to one point of view i, th- I think is a challenge I, I, I must admit yeah I, I i see that and as as we look forward we clearly mm. aren't there yet so I, I concede some of the examples you gave there they could be perceived as quite cynical or strategic or tactical just to get around it and we aren't there yet, but if we face to, if we have to face reality, we know that the say do ratio for a lot of companies, as you kind of point out, are kind of miles apart. There's a lot of hot air about purpose. There's a survey from the Economist, and they surveyed around 1,400 executives from over 100 countries, and a third of the respondents mm. were C-suite um, leaders. So they got to the top of the com- company, but over 78 percent, almost 80 percent of respondents felt that companies talk about operating with social purpose without really investing in it. And then when it comes to millennials and Gen Zs, and we don't like to bundle them, throw that that sort of acronym around, but most were, were most likely to believe that companies talk rather than act on social purpose. Simply put, the people in charge are often doing a bad job. They're phoning it in. They're, they're fake about it because do they really care about it? Do they really stand for something? Or is it just a convenient once a year, let's hang the flag, let's paint it uh, with the rainbow colors, let's let's do the thing called woke washing. Woke washing expression you're hearing more and more. I talked about what woke is and a lot of brands and organizations are just trying to masquerade and, and see and not see if they can get away with it, but p- perhaps just phoning in. 
the stakes are high mm. if you don't do it well and if you get it wrong. So I wouldn't advocate actually doing that. And we've seen with the Pepsi situation a few months back, or maybe a year or so when they had Kendall Jenner, and it came off as superficial because they thought handing over a, a can of this soda was going to address racial tension. And you can't flirt with a topic and make it superficial. I know in the UK, Marks and Spencers, which is a, a food and clothing retailer and a household appliances and household furniture and various other things that they do. I think it's Marks and Spencer. Anyway, they launched a sandwich dedicated to the LGBT community and um, that didn't go down too well. And no, in the US, didn't. you've got You've got the the NFL who in October really go go mad for the breast cancer awareness. But then if you think about the rest of the year, they're kind of doing a few things that are offending people's sensibilities. What about the other 11 months of the year? So I, I agree with you. Are the intentions really real? Is there truth behind yeah, it or is it all no, just a, fake know, news? Something that I think is is an issue. But I'm also okay with people not standing for something. If you, if you simply think that you stumbled across an unmet consumer need and you want to maximize your returns, good for you. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that have gone, do you know what? There's a business venture idea out there and they've gone for it. They've worked hard and they've made it work. And then they've moved on to the next thing. And they're, they're fueled by passion, but it might not be the purpose there. So, so don't mm -hmm. get on the purpose band wagon just for the sake of it. I think paying lip service is, is worse than not doing it in the, the first right. instance of thing. But, but look, Sam, let's look at it another way. How does this affect our day-to-day -day jobs and, and what needs to be put in place? We talked about doing this the podcast back in the day because we we had you know we talked right. and shared what we wanted to try and get out of it what our purpose was we wanted to share practical advice war stories provocation um we wanted to try and identify with people that we identified with whether that was successful cmos entrepreneurs or even sort of uh, marketing executives and uh, making their ways up through the ranks so if you think the process that we went about it, we, we shared viewpoints, we came up with a set of values individually, we came up with mm -hmm. a shared set of values, we talked about our beliefs, we wrote it down, we've referred back to it to keep us honest. And whether you're a digital marketing executive or a CEO, I think those principles still apply, really. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, there's certainly some self-reflection going back and actually thinking more deeply about the the whys the drivers of of what we're doing the values that we bring and the intention of this show so yes we've done the work personally and i'm proud of where we've got to with that and looking ahead yeah, to exactly. how we're going to bring this to life even the, better the reason for mentioning it be is because when you think about the the um the role that you want your brand or your product or your service to have on society and when you're looking for the greater good it, mm -hmm. i think it starts from within I, I think it's incredibly difficult unless you're clear about what you stand for and individually what you want to achieve and it, and it's about what drives you it's it's asking those five whys you know sort of where you go from asking a question and you are you interrogate it with why and then you try and get a bit deeper mm -hmm. with another why and you keep going until you suddenly 
come up with something. And and interesting, there's some techniques and questions to help you establish that. I, I mean, I, I remember like 20s, probably even early 30s as a sort of a, a career sort of a digital marketeer trying to work my way. I wasn't really clear what my purpose was or, or my values. So trying to relate it to your your day job, I, I knew what my personal values were, but not, not necessarily what I was trying to get across. So there are some techniques and questions to help establish mm. that. A fantastic coach called Tricia Malone helped tease them out for me a, a long time ago now. And, and, and in all honesty, it's nothing short than life-changing. I think that impact that I had because it started to make me think about life and wow. work in a very different way. So so I thought, mm. I thought we'd give a, a few of them a go, Sam, just sort of uh, try and tease it out and uh, and see how we go down. What do you right, think? So you're, you're going to ask these deep life Still keeping to our 25-minute time limit, of course. the show as we're two-thirds two of the way through talking about purpose and bringing it to life. You're going to force us to talk about yeah, how, absolutely. how we do it in our, in our own lives Good and man. our own work. Okay, I guess i got to say yes to that question. Okay, Sam. So... There's seven or eight questions there. Let's not go through all of them. I think let's you know let's pick a few that sort of think. Oh yeah, that, that's a that's a that's a meaty one. How do I get involved with that? So this was designed not to come out with what your actual purpose was, but there was sort of a reflection to try and provide the the bedrock of it. So what is the legacy, Sam, mm-hmm. that you'd wish to leave behind professionally? Being part of the a community and a movement to to raise the bar for for the marketing community to help marketers be better at what they did to today and tomorrow than they were yesterday. And for that to be a collective community effort, not just on an individual le- level, but actually across the entire industry, yeah, nice. across the entire nice. marketplace, yeah. across the entire world. So that for me would be a legacy. How about you, Chris? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to I'm going to duck that one and keep us going because otherwise, I think we we will be here lo- longer. But the uh, the next the next oh, question, okay. which I think is is interesting, is about understanding what aspects of your job do you most enjoy. So, how much of your time do you spend doing that? It, I mean, it, it's interesting that you, you you hope that there's at least some part of your daily grind where you suddenly get that energy and that passion mm-hmm. and that enthusiasm. And for me. That would be when I'm helping coach other people, and that, that could be anyone. But it's it's rolling my sleeves up, and it's helping right. empower the workforce by coaching them using some of my um, either sort of questioning techniques or experience to help drive them further on. And I, and I just get such a buzz out of that. Yeah, I love I love the I love the aspect there, and especially the the part about questions. And I think that that for for me, I think. Can, certainly connects the two of us in terms of the power of asking questions, the power of asking the right questions, and having time to be able to do that is is critical to actually move an issue or problem or a challenge forward. So asking the right question and crafting that for me is something I would fully agree with. What scares you, and what would you do if you were braver? And and I think again, when you're when you're under pressure and the things that you you try to avoid confronting, or sometimes the ones that you do confront are quite close to your purpose, I think. Yeah. Again, without getting too deep there. Yeah, so you know, I won't answer that one. I will let the, the listeners think about that. But that that idea of what, what scares you and, and the why behind that's happening and how you might think about that and how you might roll around in that yeah. to, to 
find solutions or okay. ask others even. Any other questions, Chris? Okay, Sam. So I'm not going to go through the others. I'm, I'm just going to let you understand what those questions are. But there's definitely one to think about what message do you send to your employees, customers and shareholders by your actions? I think that's quite a powerful one to try and think about it from different angles and mm-hmm. and look at it in terms of the impact of your actions from different angles. What, what are the reasons you want to be successful? Again, Success is driven by a number of different factors from people. And I think it's it's important to try and establish that. Who or what makes you angry? Again, I I think sometimes it's an understated feeling in a way. It's about that that can get your passion going. Um, So that one, (laughs) I think, is a a good one to explore. And have you done anything lately that you'll remember forever? Um, Which so, uh, so, yeah. Just a, a little sample there. We could, we will probably come Great. back to that in a different episode, but that I think helps you get closer to your own p- purpose. Okay, so let's let's talk about it. Greta is probably the most live current example at the moment of an individual whose values and purpose is now resonating onto a world stage. You know, irrespective of your politics and your feelings, that has certainly worked well, and and sometimes that's very much about how the message is conveyed. It can be almost as important as a message. Let's face it, she's probably woman of the year, um, Greta Thunberg, and, and has been talking about that a common theme <laughs> that has been failing to cut through for many a year and has found a way to do that. Uh, also, I think what's interesting is you, you look at it and she's got, what, 3.4 million followers on Twitter, something like 1.8 on YouTube. They're not absolutely huge numbers yet the the uh, the influence the realm of influence i think is absolutely substantial and again it comes back from being clear about your own personal values and your own personal purpose before you then look at that impact on society as well yeah that's a great selection i think she's mm-hmm. she's doing some amazing work and role modeling as a as a technically a child what so many adults can learn from but as we take think about greta and then we we sort of bring it back to how you in a corporate environment can bring brand purpose, the mission or values or however you want to describe it into actual practice and doing it yourself. I think you could break it down into a bunch of uh, steps. Let's just keep it to the the top four or five, should we say. I think the first step is to be clear on what you actually stand for as an organization, as a a corporation. I think that, that is critical and fundamental. And secondly, identify an issue that needs to be solved. So focus on something, bring your stakeholders, CSR, the, the social responsibility, marketing, design, digital community, PR, bring everyone together. But what actually is the issue that you, you that needs to be solved? Thirdly, keep yourself honest. And who's going to hold you accountable? to account and challenge your efforts. So, so it's all well and good coming up with a purpose. And there are specialist agencies you can tap into. There's a great one called We First, led by a guy called Simon Manwaring. You can check out his site uh, and his, his agency for more information there. There's another organization called Sustainable Brands. They've been in this space for a number of years who have uh, done a lot of work at looking at societal and environmental impact. Then fourthly, I would say, identify an issue that matters to consumers, the target you're trying to reach. And you can use, for example, the UN list of sustainable goals. There's like 17 of them and find what's right for your brand, for your company. If you're a food brand, the zero hunger 
goal seems a natural fit, or the good health and well-being goal is another one that could fit. If you're a publisher, uh, maybe quality education and gender equality could be relevant to the work that you do. So those are the the, er- the areas and the focus areas, I'd say, to, to do this well. Yeah, I'd, I'd add one more in, Sam, and I think it's okay to combine good causes with good commerce. Yeah. You know, it, it, we shouldn't be ashamed with making money if it's actually adding value back to our society. All right. Absolutely. So, you know, we are, we're rapidly slightly, well, just over time, I think, to be honest. So bring us, bring us home, Sam. Bring us to the three sort of fundamental points we've been looking at this week. So the first one I'd say is the world is changing and there's a lot of data to show that there's demographic, economic and social drivers, as well as corporate drivers of purpose and mission. We're seeing that grow in, as I say, society, culture and the corporate environment. Secondly, I'd I'd say a section you had there, Chris, which was which took us a bit deeper, was actually make it personal. What what are your own personal per, uh, values? What's your own mission? What's what's driving you? And how well do you understand that? And how can you bring that best self to work? And th- thirdly, I'd say follow a discipline and structured process. We went through four or five steps that you can actually use and apply on your business, on your brand, and your organisation to bring this to life. Good stuff. Excellent. Well, look, next week's show. It's going to move us beyond the discussion of purpose and and start thinking about agencies. We've we've talked a lot from an individual perspective or a client perspective, and we haven't really talked about the role of agencies and how that's evolving to be fit for the future. So we're going to be looking at that in more detail. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a change of pace, but I'm looking forward to it. So thanks for your input this week, Sam. It's been great as usual. Thank you, sir. It's it's been inspiring and motivating. Hopefully folks took something out of this from a personal and professional level and looking forward to doing that show, Chris. So until next time, have a great week across the pond. Well, that's it for this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Find more by visiting marketingtransform.com and click on the subscribe link. If you listen via Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud or anything else, then click on follow, subscribe or type Marketing Transformed into search. We're a new show, so please leave us a review, comment or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at marketingtransformedshow at gmail.com.